Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Earlier this week about how morale has stayed high with your group despite the losing. Is is that something that the players just kind of do themselves? Do do you have to like do you notice that they rally around something you've said or mm-hmm. is it just kind of a byproduct of the personality? Yeah, it's just your attitude. You know, do you do you have an attitude of that that we're getting better, we're improving, we're laying foundation? And you have a positive attitude, but also realistic attitude. You know, how can I get better? How can I make corrections? How can I improve myself? And how can I improve the units? And I think when guys look at performance that way, I think it's it's easy or easier when you have adversity to stay positive. And the guys have done that all year. It's Coach Eberflus talking about the Bears, how they're dealing with adversity, and there's a ton of it over there in Hallis Hall. I mean, as they're winding down their season, it's Gabe Ramirez. Mark Shanowski from ABC7. Give me the Hot Sauce Podcast with Stacey King. It's got to be cool, man, that you guys are now on the Odyssey app. Oh, yeah, it's been fantastic. You know, just the chance to get more exposure, not only in the Chicago area, but nationwide, because there are Bulls fans everywhere. I mean, they've got that worldwide brand going back to the Jordan years. Oh, yeah. And so, so people always want information on the Bulls, and uh, Stacey and I are here to provide it for you. How long are the episodes? They can go anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. Depends on how mad you guys are. Stacy has the gift of gab, <laughs> and he's got a million stories, which he always entertains the listeners with. And, you know, we also do the show live on YouTube, so people can, oh, nice. can join that and kind of join the chat. And You said Thursdays, right? Yeah. So this week we're going we're gonna to tape tomorrow at about 5 o'clock. We'll be live on YouTube. We're going to have Doris Burke on. So oh, she'll be nice. talking not only Bulls, but uh, the national landscape of the NBA. And it's crazy right now in the NBA because – both conferences, you know, you see some separation in the East, but in the West, you know, you've seen New Orleans and Memphis, even Sacramento's having a good year. Uh, it's wide open right now. Got to check out that podcast. If you don't catch it live, make sure you download the Odyssey app. Give me the hot sauce podcast. Mark Shanowski, Stacey King. It's Gabe Ramirez again. Mark hanging out with you guys, filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. And right now, hanging out with us on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is my guy. We do our Fox 32 post game for the Bears together. Of course, I'm talking about former Bear Corey Wooten. What up, Corey? What's up, Gabe? How you doing, man? Hope you guys had a great Christmas. Um, 
Hope, hope you uh, enjoyed the time with the family. Ate a lot because I sure did. I was doing cardio <laughs> the past couple of days really hard because I ate too much, man. <laughs> Corey, Corey doesn't even like cardio, so you know that was something Uh-oh. else for him. <laughs> Corey, they, they asked me what music that you should come out to, and I told them, I want to take a guess. What, what music would you have said to come out to if you had a choice? Uh, if I if, what music? All right, I'll cut you off. I'll cut you off because I know you. I know you better than you do because I'm your real friend. I said freestyle. Right. Cause you're a Jersey guy. Put some freestyle oh, out there. You know, okay. little, little Stevie B, little George Lamont. Okay, little Diamond Girl. I, like that. I know, I know, yeah. I know you. I know you will. Spring love, something like that, right? <laughs> All right, Corey. Speaking of uh, winter love, let's talk about this Bears team. They got two games left, and I know this answer from from you because I've already asked you, but I would love for you to tell the people: Do Bears players? care about getting that number one pick <laughs> I, I i think the players themselves don't don't really care because obviously right a draft pick is somebody that could take your spot <laughs> so players aren't really concerned with that right I, it's, it's more the fans it's more the gm it's more the coaching staff that's probably concerned with that uh so players themselves right it, you're, always, you're always one player away from making your job expendable so players usually usually don't care about the picks Hey, Corey, thanks a lot for joining us this afternoon, making time. We really appreciate it. When you look at this Bears roster, we were talking about it in the last segment, there are so many holes to fill. You know, People look at that second pick, but they've got to really hit home runs all through the draft. Where, where would you start in trying to build a winning Chicago Bears team? What what area of the team? So I think I think the defensive line, right? Obviously, we have to address uh, another weapon, a number one receiver for, for Justin Fields. But you look at the weakest spot of, of this team this year has been the defensive line. They have only eight and a half sacks the, to- the whole year, right? We played Philly. They have three guys that have double-digit sacks. So I think I think we need a lot of rebuilding on the defensive line. We need some pass rushers. We need a talented three technique. So there's going to be a lot of moving parts and changes uh, this offseason, acquiring a lot of defensive linemen. Talking to former Bear Corey Wooten right here on 670. The score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Shanowski filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. I, I mean, Corey, you and I, we've talked about this team at length and, and, and you know, what we've thought about the squad. And there's, there's one position that you and I both thought highly of, and that is the running back position. But there's been so much talk about David Montgomery and what his future could potentially look like outside of the organization do you want him to stick around, or do you see him as being expendable, looking at a guy like Poles coming from Kansas City and not necessarily putting a premium on the running back position? You know, I would like to see him back at the right price. I think the price is a huge indicator if he's back or not, right? If you can get him on a very friendly deal, you know, a three- to four-year deal, 12 to $15 million, something in that range, because I think he does have value, right? Obviously, Khalil Herbert – you know, has the juice. He's they're kind of like thunder and lightning together. So I think they're a good pairing, but I think it's just all about numbers. Uh, you know what he does. You know, catching the ball in the backfield uh, in protection, probably one of the the best blocking backs in the game. And then what he can do when you need a yard or two, he's always going to get that that yard or two. So I think he has a lot of value there and leadership around the locker room. Right, it's a fairly young team, so you'd like to have him back if the numbers make sense. What do you think about the Bears' decision to trade two of their better defensive players? Obviously, they're, they're going to have a lot of cap space. They'll go into the free agent market. But you never know if you're going to be able to plug the holes with uh, the ideal players for your system. Roquan Smith was named the Pro Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. And obviously, he's a guy that uh, you know is a three-down player. He, he can impact the, the game in a lot of different ways. Do you think the Bears were a little rash in, in trading him away? Or, or do you think it was just a strictly a, a contract negotiation issue? I think it was a contract negotiation issue. I think in the summertime, 
uh, when they were trying to get things figured out. And Roquan didn't have an agent, which I think he should have. If he had an agent, I feel like everything would have worked out. But I think he, uh, he he was trying to negotiate with Poles. They couldn't get it done. He went he went to the owners, the McCaskies, and I think that probably rubbed uh, Ryan Poles the wrong way. So I think they kind of knew they weren't going to get things worked out. I think that's why he traded him. Obviously, Roquan is a very talented player, but I just think that Poles didn't see the value of paying him that um, as a Mike linebacker. Former Bear Corey Wood hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. You know, Roquan left the defense oof, with some holes. Uh, that, that, that's, that's an understatement. Uh, yeah, thing. that's an understatement. <laughs> but, but I want to ask you, Corey, about the job of the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams. I mean, I feel like we, you and I talked about this. Like we felt, it kind of sort of felt like he got a pass all season long. But but I'm curious as to what, what kind of job you think he did. If you were to assess it, if you were to, you know, as a former player looking at him and what he's done and what he's been able to get out of these guys, you know, what, what grade would you give Alan, Alan Williams? Or what are, you, what are your thoughts on him as a whole? I would give him an A minus, right? Because wow. you look, you just just Wait, look what out, he's been able out. to do. Time out. Hold on. A minus. Can I can I explain to you why? My bad. My bad. Can I explain to you why? Right. So, 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 listen. Their defense, right, has struggled at times, right, and and obviously without any pass rush, only eight and a half sacks a year. The secondary, especially the last six weeks, have done really well, right? They've been in almost every game. They held uh, Philly to twenty six points. They picked off Jalen Hurts twice with no pass rush at all, and at times he had fifteen seconds back there to throw the ball. <laughs> so I think I think what he's been able to do with the secondary, and especially look at Kyler Gordon. From the beginning of the season, Gabe, we, we were really hard on him, right? How he struggled. He was getting picked on at times. He's had back-to-back picks. Jaquan Brisker has been a bright spot in there. You know, you look at uh, Kendall Vildor when he wasn't hurt. He was playing well. Um, you know, Jalen Jones has been playing well. Blackwell. So there's been a lot of young guys on the secondary that have stepped up and played. So I think Allen Williams, what he's been able to do against some really good offenses has been very encouraging without a great defensive line. What about the other side of the ball, the offensive line? That's been a patchwork unit. Some of that is necessitated because of injuries, guys moving from different positions. I think that's affected uh, how their continuity and their ability to work as a unit. But when you look at that group, can you go ahead and just try to plug holes with draft picks, or do you think they might be better served to spend some of that free agent money getting somebody who can really maybe lock down that left tackle spot and really solidify the offensive line? Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you what I would do if I was Ryan Paul. Right. right. I'm, I'm fine with Braxton Jones being there. I, I, I said this to you, Gabe. I think uh, Braxton Jones reminds me of David Bakhtiari early on in his career. Right. He was very good against the speed rush, struggled against power, didn't have the strength yet. Right. From David Bakhtiari's first year to his second year, he improved tremendously against that bull rush. Then he became a really solid option at left tackle. I think that's what Braxton Jones can be. He needs to get stronger this offseason. Right. And then Tevin Jenkins, he's your right guard of the future. I feel confident about that. Right. I would keep Lucas Patrick at center because you didn't really see him at center. People are saying, well, he got worked. He was playing guard, out of position. So Lucas Patrick, he understands Luke Getzey's offense. That's the quarterback of the offensive line. I keep him in there. Right? We, we I got to see what Alex Leatherwood can do at left guard, right? Because he wasn't the right tackle. I got to see what he can do. Right? If he can't do that, we need a left guard in, in the offseason. And I would go after a right tackle as well. But I would keep Riley Reef for another year because you know he's an option that can start if you need him, right? He hasn't hurt us that much. I think he's a, a solid option if, if you need him. So I, that's what I would do if I was Ron Poles. Sounds like Corey's giving the offensive line an A- minus too. He's laying it down. No, no I'm, got... not giving him, I'm not giving him an A-. Minus. I'm, no, joking. I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking with you. But, but look, look, the offensive line, right, if, if it does become improved, 
can contribute to some more points per game. Bears taking on the Lions this weekend. Lions fifth in the league in points scored per game. Bears sitting at 22nd, but the difference in points is less than a touchdown. Bears averaging 20, Lions averaging 26. Do you feel like the offensive line, if it was to be fixed just a little bit, let's say they didn't go out and, and improve that wide receiver group and they just kind of was as is, do you think the Bears can No, they can't do that. But, they can't but what leave that, that wide receiver okay, group bring, as is. Gonna, so they would bring in like what, like a, one of their second round picks or third round picks is a, is a, is a wide receiver. You're not going to spend the first one on it. Free agency it's, it's doesn't not a look great, great. Draft for wide receivers either. And that's my point. Yeah. So I, 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 feel, I have a feeling, guys, we're going to have a Chase Claypool, Darno Mooney, and the gang. You know? And the gang? <laughs> and the gang. The gang no, that can't get open? <laughs> no way. I, I'll, tell you what, well, I'll tell you what he's going to do. If I was Ryan Poles, I would try to get either DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Evans with a trade. I'll try go. to do that. Because because you but know Corey, Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins. Corey, but what do you got to give up? That's because I've I've seen I've seen that out there too, yeah. Mark and, and and Corey, where you're saying, oh, you can go get these guys, but then you got to go give up this draft capital that you do not have and that is so coveted, especially for our for the Bears team. They they need those to fill in other holes. You know, what I'm saying? So it's it's you got to be thinking that step further. Like, what are you going to give up though? Okay, but but I'm telling you, Justin Fields is the, is the future of this franchise, correct? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay, so so Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins have three to four really good more years, right? And if they could be a part of that as a number one receiver, you look at Jalen Hurts, what he did from last year to this year, right? They went out and got Brown. They have Smith, another year of more experience. that goes up and gets it when he needs it. Sometimes he doesn't even make great throws, but he has receivers that are dogs. We need a number one receiver, right? Claypool could be a great number two. Darnell Mooney could be a three. And then all of a sudden, that team gets that much better. But I think the number one receiver is so important, in, in my opinion. Obviously, we have so many different issues. But if you have a guy that can go up and get it, it just makes such a world of difference. Um, the teams that are doing well, you know, you look at Josh Allen. You know, he's got he's got Stephon Diggs. Um, you look at Patrick Mahomes. He has Travis Kelsey. You know, he's had four four touchdown games this season. So you need that number one receiver. And I think it's critical, Gabe. I think it's critical. I think if you, if you give up a second-round pick to get a dog at number one, I think it's worth it. Hey, Gabe was kind of – grilling me on the fact uh, these last two games, uh, Matt Eberflus talking about, you know, we're going to try to win these games and it's important to learn lessons from winning the games. You played the game in the NFL. Is there any carryover from one year to the next? Is it important to try to build the so-called winning culture with uh, two meaningless games at the end of the year? Well, I think it, I think it's a great thing that the, the players have, have played hard in every game to, to the end, right? They've been in a lot of close games. I think that's really t- telling of Eberflus and kind of the respect that they have. But obviously you want to go out there and compete. You know, I think I think everybody, the coaching staff, the front office are hoping that, hey, it's competitive, but we don't win the game. Um, I just don't think the Bears have enough firepower, uh, you know, offensively or defensively to, to win these last two games, especially with Detroit needing to win out to make the playoffs and then the Vikings potentially getting a, a first-round bye. So I I can't see them. Uh, winning either of these games, to be honest with you. Corey, what's the longest win, uh, losing streak you've ever been on? Because the Bears are in a tough one right now. What's the longest one you ever Ooh, had? Uh, it was probably 2011, I want to say. Mark, guys don't remember the win streaks. They remember the losing streaks <laughs> very well. That's true. 2011? Yeah. yeah, 2011. I think we lost four or five in a row. Um, yeah, that that was, that was a tough year. Um, yeah, t- 2011. That was the biggest winning streak, and then the next year we went seven and one to start out the season, and then ended up ten and six in, in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, 
We're talking to Corey Wooten here on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline uh, right here on 670. The score is Gabe Ramirez, Mark Schanowski filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. Um, all right, Corey, all right, we got a couple minutes left with you, so I got to lighten this thing up a little bit. Got Had the opportunity to talk to Jalen Johnson on Monday, and then, you know me, I take conversations on, to the side a little bit, and I asked him about what, what, uh, what was Christmas like in the locker room. And he was saying that they did a white elephant okay. and that the, the, the minimum was $1,000. For the gifts, <laughs> that's why I brought it up because I know you and I are the same. Okay, what was that? What was Christmas like in the, in the locker rooms uh, when you were playing? Shoot, I, I don't think anybody got anybody anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I think everybody that I played with was cheap, which is a good thing. You know, <laughs> people like, like I ain't getting you nothing. I got something to give my girl or my parent. You know, oh ain't spending money on them. But I, can't I, believe, I, I, don't, I can't believe you guys didn't pitch in and get lovey something. Nah, I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money, right? Thank you, Coach. Have Merry Christmas, right? You got, him a, you got him a victory? Is that what you're saying? Is that, that's what you got? Love you for that? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'll give him a handshake. What's okay. up, Coach? Right. <laughs> so, 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 then, so then with these last two games, I mean, obviously you're, not, you're probably not going to get wins for Christmas if you're the Chicago Bears. But what should they be looking for? You know, outside of the Justin Fields growth, we know that. We already know we want him to get the reps. But outside of that, um, what what is the organization looking to get in these last couple of games? I, I think it's I think it's about evaluation for the guys uh, that that might be on the bubble next year. Um, you know, that kind of struggle a little bit. Um, you know, you you look at the defensive line like Travis Gibson. Everyone had high hopes for him. Really hasn't lived up to that. You know, uh, Dominique Robinson started out really hot in that first game and kind of fizzled since then. So those two guys really seeing what they can do. Right, if, if they're going to be some options next year for some depth. Uh, see what Valus Jones can do. He bounced back last week after a great game. Uh, he had the, had a nice catch. He's been great in the return. But why not give him a shot at punt return, right? Because I know they keep Pettis for the punt return. I know Valus Jones has fumbled, you know, early on in the season. But at this point, when it doesn't matter if you win or lose, why not give him an option at, at, at punt return these, these last uh, two weeks? Give him all the punt returns, see what he can do over there. So then you know, hey, if he finishes strong, we know we have our punt and kick returner. And then he's an option for, for gadgets, deep balls, things of that nature. Corey, I know our, our listeners remember you from playing at Northwestern, and I'm sure you've you've uh, seen and watched in Coach Fitz struggle the last couple of years with losing records. Do you think the transfer portal hurts a program like Northwestern's? It's difficult to bring in these guys that are jumping from school to school. I mean, obviously, they've, they've upgraded the facilities. They're going to build a new stadium there, which I'm sure you wish you had when you were playing over there. But right. what's it going to take for them to reestablish themselves as a team that can be a factor not only in the Big Ten West but can, can do some big things nationally? Well, I think the NIL, uh, I think that's been game-changing in college football. And, and to be honest, like, if you're any player, uh, why would you not go to a school that, that generates a lot of NIL money? And I think Northwestern, they're starting an NIL fund, I believe, uh, like a nonprofit, uh, to, to really help that. Because you look at the past couple of years, they lost their, their, arguably their best players. Brandon Josephs went to Notre Dame. Bennett Skoranek the year before went to Notre Dame as well. Evan Hull um, left as well. So you got to be able to retain the talent. Um, when I was there, the best players usually stayed. The transfer portal wasn't a thing. So it's been kind of game-changing. I mean, you know, if, if 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 I played for a team that maybe went one in ten, and you could transfer and then maybe go to a better school with more exposure, I mean, I think that's kind of changing the game a little bit. And you can't fault these guys for thinking about their future. So I think it's if Northwestern, you know, wants they they have to do better on the field and they have to get better with the NIL. 
Corey, they need they need some of their alumni to put up some funds, man, go. so they can you know <laughs> hang out. What's, what's that? I, I can't hear you. I think it's hang out. <laughs> Corey, love you, man. Thanks for jumping on the show today. All right. No problem, brother. Corey, Thanks, Wooten, Corey. former Chicago Bear. <laughs> Also from Fox 32, <laughs> hanging out with Couldn't us. Couldn't hear that last question. Yeah, huh? What was that game? Well, <laughs> I think the me. phone line is cutting out right at the end. I've, I've paid for enough bills for Corey Wooten. I know how he rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's, actually, Corey's actually a super good guy. Yeah. We've become really good friends. Uh, as we were doing the same right now, Mark Shandowski, Gabe Ramirez filling in for Parkinson Spiegel. Get an opportunity to change directions. Up next, uh, can the Cubs improve on their third-place position in 2023? And if so... Uh, will they end up in first? Well, we get to talk to Luke Stuckmeyer about that very question, and we'll get his opinion after the break. It's Gabe. It's Mark right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Spend some time with our friends Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. Yes. Afternoons on the score. Well, you know, I will say that, you know, I had a certain level of, of confidence that, that, that this would get done. Um, but certainly there was, uh, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily know the order uh, that the players were going to sign in, obviously. And, um, yeah, the, the, I'd be lying to say there wasn't some level of anxiety as, as guys went off the board and as this market was certainly, like, Wow. You know, inflationary, I guess, is the best way to say it, probably, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I did have, like I said, I did have a, some level of confidence that this would work out, but yeah, it, it was, um, I, I, listen, you never, you always have to have, you know, multiple plans. And, you know, we knew that, you know, there was of course a, a you know, possibility that, you know, that we didn't land one of the shortstops, but our goal was to do that. And uh, I, mean, I was glad that we did, did, and I'm glad I don't have to think about it, think about the alternative at this point. Jed Hoyer talking to Mully and Zach Zaidman about a week ago. 
I'm sure there's a, a huge pressure lifted off of his shoulders after the signing of Dansby Swanson. Felt there was a lot of pressure. People were saying if they didn't get one of the shortstop, it was a colossal failure for the Cubs. I saw the fire starting to uh, starting to kick <laughs> off near Wrigley Field. Uh, but we get to talk Cubs for the next few minutes. And joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook, is someone that can do just that. Yeah, a very good friend of mine, Luke Stuckmeyer. We worked together at uh, Comcast Sportsnet, NBC Sports Chicago, for what, almost 14 years? It's hard to believe it was that long. But Luke and I were desk mates. You know, we saw when the unraveling of the station was going to start, for some weird <laughs> weird thing happened about, about four or five years ago. They changed the seating assignment in the newsroom. Luke and I had desks right next to each other, and we would, you know, we'd, we'd solve all the problems of the station. Sure. You know, we, we'd get everything done. We'd talk about all the teams and what they should do. We'd talk about our favorite TV shows. We'd talk about life away from, you know, the, the sports Best grind. Buds. And then all of a sudden, they separated us. They moved people all around willy-nilly. And then all of a sudden, the station completely <laughs> fell apart. They went from 10 on-air people to four. They dropped all their news content. People were sent into the streets at night. All because of the feng shui. <laughs> And and Luke and I were just left to wonder what happened as we looked at the carnage that was NBC Sports Chicago. So that's a way of welcoming in my good friend Luke Stuckmeyer. So Stucky, you know, I could we'll ask you about the Cubs, but I want to ask you something more important first. What what did you think of the uh, the Dexter reboot, the the new Dexter? Yeah, I I liked it. I you know I don't know if the ending was the greatest thing, but Dexter, Mark and I would talk. TV shows every day. Like, what are you watching now? We were just binging shows because we'd be there to like, you know, midnight a lot of days yeah. during the week. And so you'd go home, you can't go to sleep. So for two hours, you're watching something at night. <laughs> Dexter was one of my favorite shows. Yeah. And the ending was a complete disaster the it first was. time around. Like, maybe the worst ending to a TV show ever. See, I got into that. So the reboot wasn't spectacular, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. That's good. See, Dexter, I, I, I was out after the first season. It was one of those shows for me. Where oh, really? Yeah. No, 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 no. You no, weren't Dave. hooked? Oh, Dave. I know, Luke. But you're it selling just kept me on building. It. You're selling me on it now. And, I, and everybody that would always so- tell me. Maybe it got too popular. I'm that guy. We're like, you know, when no, things no, no. get too popular, I kind of fade away. Three, four, and five. Yeah. Three, four, and five. Okay. You got to get the Jimmy Smith, and you got to get the John Lithgow. John Lithgow was fantastic as the villain. I love the serial Smith. killer. Okay, I like I like that. I'm I'm willing to take that that advice right there. I'm, I I could I could return to Dexter, no problems here. Uh, Luke, let's talk a, a little bit of Cubs, man. What what have you thought so far of the offseason moves? Yeah, if I had to if I had to go letter grade for what the Cubs are doing, uh, we talk about it all the time on the CHGO podcast. I'd say they're a B B minus right now. You you had that soundbite perfectly of Jed Hoyer talking about one of the shortstops. I believe it would have been an F had they did not picked up one of those four shortstops. And now the way you look at it, you see Dansby Swanson, while he's not a perfect player, there aren't too many of those out in baseball. There's maybe one, two, or three of those that are close to perfect. I would say you look at the deal, he got seven for 177, and you see what's going on with the Correa, that whole mess. This might have worked out pretty nicely for the Cubs. The shortest-term deal out of the four guys, the lowest money deal of the four guys. They get a, a gold glover. And he said all of the right things in the press conference. So he may not be he may not be this super, superstar player that Cubs fans are hoping for, but he's a very, very good player. And the Cubs are in no position to pass on anybody like that, right? <laughs> they, have, they have enough holes that they just need to add good players all the time. So – I like what they've done this offseason. I think the Bellinger signing 
again, it's not a long-term fix because if he's good, he's opting out and he's probably leaving you. If he's bad, it was only one year. So I think that's a good deal too. In, in the best-case scenario, he plays well, and maybe you re-sign him and he recaptures things uh, with, the, with the bat. But again, another gold glove guy, and it's, 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 a, it's a win-win situation. You can't really lose on Bellinger. The only thing you can do is overpay him for one year a little bit. So what? They haven't been paying guys for a while. So I would, while the Cubs haven't made enough moves for me to say they're the favorite in the Central, they've made enough moves for me to say they have a really good chance of being much better than they were last year and at least second in the division if I had to pick one. Well, it's no secret they still need some offense. You know, their yeah. their offense was miserable last year. Hopefully Bellinger has a bounce-back season, but, you know, they, they still could improve in a number of positions to try to get some more pop in the lineup. And even Jed Hoyer admitted in his end-of-the-season news conference that they need some guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark that can give you some instant runs. You know, the, the whole thing with uh, Wilson Contreras – I know you guys were right in the middle of that when he had like two or three different tearful farewells at Wrigley Field. And then he signs with the damn Cardinals, which yeah. which is about as bad as it gets. So they bring in Tucker Barnhart, who's won a couple of gold gloves, but it's not, a, not much of a threat at the bat. Uh, Jan Gomes, kind of the same story. Uh, where Where's the offense going to come from? I know they've got some prospects in the minors they're excited about, but none of those guys, are, I think, are ready to co- contribute on opening day with the possible exception of Matt Mervis. Yeah, I mean, everybody's excited about Matt Mervis because of the home runs he hit. Uh, we had a great minor league season, made a huge leap. But we all know you can't count on a guy who's coming through the farm system to necessarily just be your everyday guy at first base, right? So I, I'm the only option I really see out there at first base is, is Trey Mancini. He's the guy that's still out there. I would have liked to have seen the Cubs add uh, Drury, but he signed somewhere else, and uh, Conforto is signed somewhere else. So those were opportunities to add a little more power to the team. Mancini is another guy that's – he'd be an, an addition to the team, a little more depth on the team. You could platoon him nicely with Mervis, but he's not going to give you 35 home runs. That's not the player he is anymore. He struggled in the postseason, which I don't put a ton of – I don't put a ton of weight on that. Anybody can have a bad postseason. The Cubs had one in 07 and 08, pretty much the whole team. But that's that's certainly the most obvious piece that they could add to the team. Other than that, I don't really know. I mean, you look at what the Cubs have done, and it kind of looks like they decided in the offseason, we're going to go with the shift being changed and eliminated from baseball. The one way we can certainly improve this team, and they, they do need power and offense, but they know they could get better defensively and they knew they can get better at base running. Like Those are two things that they were horrific at last year, and if you go back to winning the World Series, you think of the Cubs. Now, while they had obviously way more talent, they were a terrific defensive team, they were a good pitching team, and they were a good base running team. Three things that the Cubs, you can't say, have been very good at the last couple of years, other than the pitching staff was much, much better in the second half of the season. So I think they think the pitching is going to be much better. I think the defense is going to be much better. But I agree, there's still not enough offense for this team to say they're the favorite in the Central. Maybe they're an outside shot at a wild card if if some of the prospects come up. You know, Brennan Davis is able to come up and contribute if Mancini is added. Really, they're counting a lot on Cody Bellinger, too. You know, if Cody Bellinger hits 25 home runs, that at least eats up what you're losing 
from having Wilson Contreras depart because you're not getting offense from the catcher position. He's Luke Stuckmeyer from CHGO Cubs joining us right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Mark Shanowski. We're filling in for Parkins and Spiegel today. You know, you you mentioned the Cubs pitching, and it wasn't as consistent as most fans would have liked last season, mm-hmm. but there were some highlight moments where some guys yeah, second really half had great. some good stretches. Steele. And if you're if you're looking at those three guys, Mark Steele, Smiley, and Thompson, who Wisniewski was good too. Was, he six. had some good some good spot starts there too. Who who are you most excited about for that for that back half of the of the starting rotation? I, I mean, you're I, not excited about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I lo- I like I like a lot of those guys. I think they have pretty good pretty good starting depth. It's probably the strength of the organization right now is the the depth of their pitching. You know, you you had guy. You can't count on Sampson to return and do what he did last year. But I, I loved what I saw in Justin Steele after he had this secret meeting with John Lester, who was at a game, and told David Ross, "You need to tell this kid to start pounding the fastball. Stop messing around and pound the fastball early in counts against these other guys, and and challenge hitters." It changed his season, and and Thompson and Steele both added pitches mid-season to their arsenal, which is not an easy thing. That's a, it's, first of all, it's a confidence thing for a young pitcher, and these guys are like mid-20s. It's a, it's a confidence thing, but they were able to do it. I like both guys. I like Thompson in the kind of hybrid role where you can get four innings out of him maybe three times a week as opposed to being an everyday starter. I like Steele in the rotation. And I like – so I like Stroman, Tyone, and – at the top of my rotation and now you're talking about someone like Kyle Hendricks if he's not dealt we've heard rumors of that being the low the back end of that rotation guys I I don't ever count Kyle Hendricks out I, I realize he's older and he didn't have a great season but Kyle Hendricks is a smart pitcher and if they can find anything in that pitch lab of the Cubs then I don't mind Kyle Hendricks as your five or your six or even your four. So I, I think pitching is not the problem. And the Cubs have shown a real knack for finding guys in the bullpen the last couple of seasons that they they can kind of just turn that over every year. I mean, you they traded Scott Efros and ended up with one of the best pitching prospects yeah. on the team. So they found a knack for that. I have confidence that the bullpen will be a strength of this team. And the rotation, like Mark said, second half of the season – they, I think they had the third-best ERA since the All-Star break. So they were able to find guys and, and kind of plug them in there. You can't maybe count on that, but Tyone's a nice addition. Stroman, I think, will be better in his second season. And I didn't expect a ton from Steele and Thompson going into last year, but this year I expect them to take another step in that same direction. I'm really big on Steele. I think Steele potentially could be your ace-type guy just because of the way he pitches and he's a lefty. And then, you know, like you said, West, Mark said Wisniewski, Wisniewski's got that swagger, right? He's got that country swagger where he just kind of, he's kind of shrugging his shoulders and <laughs> strutting around the mound after he strikes guys out. I'm not saying the Cubs are going to have the best ERA in the National League, but I think pitching will be their strength. Well, my son Eric's a huge Cubs fan, and I don't know, I forget if it was Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but, you know, 
way too much food was eaten, too many drinks were consumed, and we're flipping around looking for something to watch and ran into Game 7 of the World Series, and you just start watching and you get mad at Joe Madden all over again for taking Lester out and taking Hendricks out too early and bungling the whole bullpen thing. But in the end, they win the World Series. Did that really happen, Luke? And uh, give us your perspective of someone who was actually in Cleveland that night. I mean, it does, it does sort of seem like a dream at this point, the way it unraveled afterwards, you know. But that was, you know, Mark, I, we've talked about it for a long time. That was the reason I got into television in the first place, was to try and see the Cubs win the World Series. So to be there and you're watching it, I was just binge eating. The media seat that I had out there in Cleveland yeah. was right field corner. And I had real easy access to go down a staircase and get to all the – outfield concession areas so you know me not one to really you know have a salad ever so i i would <laughs> sneak down there and i'd get a hot dog with chili on it and I'd you sound like please hot... yeah oh it, well, not, <laughs> nobody's as bad as please <laughs> please i could go through six hot dogs in any i had like three or four hot dogs and it was nervous binge eating and so by the time the home run happens, yeah. and they tie the game up. Now I'm not, now I'm getting kind of a queasy stomach, you know, <laughs> and I'm starting to get the sweats. And we're underneath. At this point, we're underneath the bowels of the stadium because you have to get ready to go in the clubhouse, no matter what happens. And you see them rolling out the champagne out of the Cubs clubhouse and into the Cleveland. Oh <laughs> no! No, that's that's just that's just the ultimate kick to the crotch, right? You start, you start texting you're people. You're like, guys. <laughs> yeah, I made eye contact with Kerry Wood, and he was just kind of like zoning off, you know, just staring off into the into the distance. And everybody's just like, I can't believe this happened. Then the Cubs take the lead, and Zobrist is pounding his fists at yeah. second base, and. Rizzo's clapping at third, and then, then champagne comes right back the other way. They put it back in the cup. <laughs> it was it was a, a surreal, like, the 17-minute rain delay was crazy, but everything that ensued afterwards was amazing. I would have liked to have seen it in person, but that's the way it went down, and that's the way I enjoyed it. And then the story goes afterwards, Kelly Kroll and Cap and I, those of us that were there, once we got done – and we stockpiled a few, you know, goodies from that were left out on the field, you know, some champagne sure. bottles and whatnot. And then we went out, and at like three o'clock in the morning in Cleveland, there was some hot dog vendor still selling hot dogs on the corner by the ballpark. And so I had a hot dog that was probably forty-eight <laughs> hours old. I don't. That was, the, that was the best hot dog you ever had. <laughs> it, was, it was the best forty-eight-hour hot dog I've ever had. <laughs> Hey, give us one more thing uh, before we let you go. You're now at CHGO Sports, which almost looks right. like a fraternity. I see some of the stuff posted <laughs> on social media. You got guys playing wiffle ball and, and ping pong and everything else. Right. And, and and my guys, Matt Peck and Big Dave are over there. Jay Zawoski, a longtime score guys over there. What's the what's it really like? Because they call you Grandpa Stucky, and you're a lot younger than I am. That's right. That's right. At, at 50, I am quite clearly the oldest person in the building. It is very much like a fraternity. And we show up and there's there's constantly a ping pong game going on, a lot of trash talking going on. Um, you know, during the Cubs season, I like to make a little ice cream social run every once in a while with everybody, <laughs> take everybody out for Sundays. But it's, it's fun, Mark. You know, all that money that I had to spend from television on the custom suits for my guy Don Knight, yeah. you know, they're collecting dust in the closet. Oh. I have probably 50, 50 custom suits just collecting dust. And now 
I don't shave. I go to work. <laughs> I throw on a baseball hat, yeah. a flannel, and a hoodie. I'm there. I hang out. I play a little ping pong. They stock the fridge with beer, and uh, that's pretty much a day. Sounds like the good life. Yeah, it's fun. not too bad. And it's it, been it's been really fun. It's been uh, I think we've been around what ten months, and we were excited because the Cubs podcast was uh, top three. Yeah, that's great. Apple podcast in the country last week. So to do that, and then just it's just been very low stress. Yeah, very low stress. It's just a bunch of guys hanging out, watching games, having fun, and we got a grill on the deck. So sometimes we put brats and hot dogs and polar sausages out on the grill. So we encourage people to check it out, CHGO Sports. Make sure you subscribe. go ahead and do that. And then if uh, if you wear a 42 regular, just send those suits my way. <laughs> all right, Luke, <laughs> thanks for hanging out. All right, man, have a good one. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Good to talk to you. Thanks, course, Luke. Luke Stuckmeyer from CHGO Chicago hanging out with us right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Mark Janowski. We are going to continue the conversation on the other side about uh, our very own uh, Derrick Rose. I feel like a lot of people are bashing him and whether or not he should be up in the rafters at the United Center. We'll discuss that and get a co-sign from two of the best that ever did it. Who are those guys? We'll, We'll play it after the break. It's Gabe. It's Mark. It's 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Are you kidding me? Tune in to Twitch. Afternoons on the score. Jersey number one is going to the Raptors. Six seventy. The score is Gabe Ramirez, Mark Shanowski, host of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast with Stacey King. Now available on the Odyssey app. If you don't have the Odyssey app already, you know you can take six seventy with you anywhere you go, and you also get to listen to the podcast whenever you want. I know they fil- they uh, record on Thursdays. Yep. So one pod it's one one pod a week. Or yeah, two? we do one pod a week. Uh, Stacy's obviously traveling sure. at times, so we kind of adjust around his travel schedule. So, like, next week we're going to tape on Tuesday because he's going to be out of town later in the week. Okay. So we we kind of make it as, as flexible as we can for Stacy. But but he's been great. You know, it's, it's funny. You th- think somebody that's as busy as he is during the NBA season might say, uh, can we can we skip the show this week or, or maybe come in low energy? But never. I mean, he's he, hot. he loves doing it, and he always tells a story that, you know, I haven't heard before. You know, he talks about growing up in Oklahoma, you know, playground battles, playing football and all the yeah. rest of this stuff with kids in the neighborhood and, and his dad, you know, being tough on him. It's just it's just one one story after another. The, the, one, of the, one of the greatest stories he told on the podcast was when he came in for his workout. You know, he was All-American player yeah. at uh, Oklahoma. Pick, yeah. He was one of the leading scorers in the country. And he was really in the running for the first pick in the draft that year. Only person that could stop him was Phil Jackson. That's what he said. He said 89, 89 draft. And he thought he might be going to Sacramento number one. They took Purvis Ellison instead. 
So he was available to the Bulls at six. But in his workout, you know, it's not – it wasn't like it is now where you just come in and they measure you and they weigh you and they interview you and take you out to dinner. You had to really prove yourself. They wanted to see what kind of player you were. So they had him doing this this uh, this really intense physical workout in the post where guys were banging on him and stuff. And, and one of the guys that banging on him was a, was a older guy with a grayish beard – and Stacy thought it was Dave Corzine who had just wrapped up his career with the Bulls. Yeah. You know, Dave at the end of his yeah. career uh, was 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 showing a little gray, and so he thought they brought Dave Corzine into muscle muscle him out, uh, around a little bit. So so you know he was like Stacy's like you know uh, I'm I'm potentially the first pick in the draft. I don't want to get knocked around by a hat that used to be NBA player. So you know the guy's banging him and banging him. Stacy's getting more angry, and finally he hauled off and hit the guy with an elbow to the neck and knocked him on the ground. <laughs> And, 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 you know, he goes, take that, Corzine. Stop, stop bodying me, Corzine. I don't need any of this stuff. So he goes back into the locker room. Doug Collins was the coach at the time. And he goes, he goes why would you bring uh, Corzine in to rough me up? He goes, Doug Collins says, that wasn't Dave Corzine. That was my assistant coach, Phil Jackson. Oh. So it was Phil Jackson was the one who was giving Stacy the business. And Stacy hit him with an elbow to the throat. Oh. And then, of course, after Stacy was drafted – Doug Collins moved on, and Phil Jackson became the head coach. <laughs> and he never so, forgot that. <laughs> yeah. So, so when Stacy looks at his career with the Bulls, and sometimes his playing time was a little bit of erratic, <laughs> Phil's like, yeah, "You're the guy who hit me in the neck with an elbow." As a story, as a backstory behind everything, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the right. one to Stacy's minutes right there. That's yeah. awesome, man. I, I, I'm sure you get to talk a lot about the Bulls, and and obviously, you know, your run-ins with the franchise over over your years covering Chicago sports. I'm sure you don't shy away from that either. No, I mean, you know, I've had a lot of experiences. I came here in '90, right, right when the Bulls were taken off. You know, one of my first assignments when I came to Channel Seven back in 1990 was going to Detroit for Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, the famous migraine headache Scottie Pippen game. And the Bulls got run out of the Palace that day, and it was, you know, everybody was as down as you could be. And and Scottie took a ton of flack of that. People were questioning his toughness. But then you fast forward to 98 when he's limping up and down the court and and giving them what they could to to win that last championship. You know, I don't think that you'd ever want to question Scottie Pippen's toughness. He was was one of the, the ultimate versatile multi-position players who would give it to you on both ends and just a phenomenal player and, and the ideal running mate to Michael Jordan. I mean, the fact that those two guys would combine for six championships, um, you know, just remarkable. You talk about great duos in NBA history. You got to put Jordan and Pippen right there. Pippen or LeBron? Pippen or LeBron? In terms of, uh, just in terms of who's the better it's player? It's like if you, and I, if, you, if you and I are friends and we're talking basketball and I say, Mark, Pippen or LeBron, that's just, yeah. Well, LeBron, LeBron is arguably okay. the okay. second best player in history I was of the league. I just wanted to know where yeah. he where he stood. No, you know? I mean Pippen as a running mate to Jordan was perfect. Yeah, and of course I wouldn't mind having LeBron and Jordan either. Yeah, 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 but right. you know the dynamic there would would have been totally different. But I, I think Scotty was perfect for what the Bulls were doing because when you look around the rest of that team, they didn't really have a ton of offensive firepower. Right. You know, obviously Michael was leading the league in scoring every year, but you know Pip. Horace Grant was good in the first three-peat, but then you, you replaced him with Rodman for the second three-peat. Yeah. You know, you had your centers, you had Luke Longley, you had Bill Cartwright the first time around. Of course, Will Purdue was on those first three championship teams, so we're going to talk to him in a little bit. Um, you know, they, the scoring mostly came from MJ with guys off the bench, you know, guys that, that were able to contribute, like Tony Kukoc. You look at the first three-peat, you guys like Craig Hodges and uh, Cliff Levingston. 
Scott Williams contributed, um, and we've had most of those guys on the podcast, so it's fun to hear them relive their old battle stories with Stacy. Give me the Hot Sauce podcast now available on the Odyssey app. Mark Shanowski, Stacy King are the hosts. They've joined the family, and he gets to hang out a little bit more with me on uh, 670 Score. It's Gabe Ramirez. We're both filling in for Parkins and Spiegel, and we will talk to a guy he just mentioned, Will Perdue, uh, is going to be hanging out with us after the break. What does he think about the current woes of the Chicago Bulls? We'll find out. On the other side, it's Gabe and Mark in for Danny and Matt Spiegel right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 